Welcome to the Media Mavens Podcast, brought to you by the Evergreen Network. The Media Mavens Podcast is where you'll hear the latest and greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And here is your host of the Media Mavens Podcast. She is the original Media Maven, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment, your host for Media Mavens Podcast. I'm here with Joe Pirates. What's up, Joey? Oh, I'm here today. Wasn't here for the first one, but here for the second yeah, one. Yeah, for the record, my last podcast with some Guardians of the Galaxy was without you. I know. And I, I missed out big time. And when it's I just beca- one of those life things. Yep, I get it. it. Every day is another day. But I got to tell you, when I end up in interstellar travel on a podcast with satellites, you're not going to be around. I know. You that, can't that miss sucks. these. But you are here today because we've been geeking out before I hit record. Yes. My very, very dear friend who I love to death, JPR, John P. Roberts, is with us, who is a chief creative officer, chief digital officer. If I screwed up, JPR, you'll correct me, for Pure Imagine Studios. He's been involved with the MEAs for God knows long. Welcome to our show, John. Thank you, Sarah. It's so exciting to be here. And Joe? Good to see you again. I'm laughing because you guys are geeking out like on the podcast and I'm posting a selfie to Instagram. That's what's the beauty about this world right now. This is like, <laughs> you know, these are the silver linings of everything that happened the past year that we can do these things now and just we're still smiling. Well, you know what? This is so fun. I mean, we don't edit our podcast. I could give a shit. We are literally super excited because this is our last week on Buzzsprout. On our own, we have just picked up Evergreen. We are on a big up-and-coming podcast. So starting next week, all of our guests will be on the bigger podcast. We already have Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, God knows, Amazon. But like, we are just going to talk about like 2021 blow up. I think the podcast is such a tremendous thing. So I'm excited to have you on. But I like, it's just so fun because we are so authentic. And like some of our guests, we're cracking up and being so stupid. And so I'm like, well, are we editing this out? Like, I don't care if you curse. We don't edit our podcast because nobody wants to sit here and do QA, QA, CNN, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. We are a podcast about telling our story, inspiring, motivating others. If you can't laugh, then you should have no right even being around on the air right now. 100%, especially this past year. It's time yeah. to, uh, but, you're starting to see the uh, light at the end of the tunnel and a lot of... Uh, a lot of really cool things happened as a result of this past year in entertainment. I mean, when you watched them, like, by the way, you look at the big shows, I mean, these multi-million dollar productions that all of a sudden figured out how to do their shows just like this, whether it's, you know, John Oliver, Kimmel, Fallon. I mean, even like with um, the cooking show with... Um, I mean, it was brilliant. I mean, they had a really good time. With Wait, who's your favorite, Fallon or Kimmel? I would have to say Kimmel. Kimmel all day long. Okay, Joe, Joey, who's your favorite? Colbert. Really, you just screwed up by podcast. <laughs> Next. Or, you know, John Oliver always, I, I was wondering how he would pull it off because he so feeds off the audience and all these things. And just having that white background, he was still able to really do an amazing job. Okay, I'll give that to you. I, you know, I'm, I like, I used to like Kimmel a lot because I thought he was so pure and so authentic. And I didn't like Fallon because I just thought it was just too much fake and cir- pomp and circumstance. But then I really, really loved Fallon during COVID when he was at home with this girls climbing on him, laughing because there was nowhere else for him to go to record. I but liked so- him a lot better after that. I agree. And, you know, again, and the uh, the person that came out of nowhere that I thought was brilliant was John Krasinski with the Some Good News. <gasps> oh, I'm so obsessed with him. I literally... It's brilliant. Well, that was... That was what May or June, because as soon as I saw him in May or June is when I did, then I did the podcast like a week later. Yeah, he, he really upped the game for everybody in, in many ways. And just the way, again, this, the thing they did with The Office, what they did with Hamilton, just just those moments. And it really, finding those, again, finding those silver okay, linings. So my purge was, Joe's going to laugh. My purge was a Mandalorian. Literally, I cannot get enough of that. And Joe's making fun of me because we've had some big, badass space. We did a series and I'm all about the expanse of Mandalorian. Then Joey's here on Star Trek and everything. So which is what I love because you just got the phone with Captain Kirk on a deal or something that you're doing. And yep. 
We're doing a deal with William Shatner's company, Shatner Universe, which we'll be we'll talking well, about. We're not going to talk about it because because I know we can't talk about all the details, but I just brought him up because, you know, Captain Kirk and Joe is a big fan of Captain Kirk. And we are struggling to get Captain Kirk or Nemo. Wait, shoot. Dr. Okay. Spock? No, Spock? don't. don't. Leonard Nimoy passed away a couple of years ago. Oh. away from the microphone. Okay, drop the mic. I But if you could give me Guardians of the Galaxy or Baby Yoda, I would be so indebted. Okay, that I can help you with. By the way, I mean, since we're not, I mean, let me show you this. Hold on. We are, does he know that we are we are recording Media Mavis podcast yeah. live, but I, I think what today nobody this? cares. Oh, Baby Yoda. Okay, just to let you know, folks, uh, we are on an audio-only podcast, but you know we're recording this through Zoom, and now, right now, JPR is holding up a Yoda figure this, in his picture. Let me see, this baby Yoda. Pro- this is a prototype of the, of a Yoda when I worked at Lucasfilm, and it was, <laughs> it was it was it was made by these guys that was doing a prototype for the movie, and it was gifted to me when I left. So it's one of my most cherished positions okay and because we're on an audio podcast i'm taking a selfie on so anybody wants to follow the media mavens podcast you will see jpr and joey where's get baby yoda back on here because this is is a podcast this is a podcast hold on i got a j because technically hold on i think everybody needs to okay there i think everybody needs oh my god oh that's so cute baby yoda oh my god okay jpr i haven't talked to you let's chat Talk to us. We're on a podcast and we are live with baby Yoda and Joey. What's going on? What are you doing? So I will say the one thing again, back to all these crazinesses with the pandemic, adult animation went on fire this year. So there's been so much going on. You know, we, we were able to, during, we did a bunch of um, PSAs with, with Lucasfilm. We did a star Wars PSA. We did a Batman COVID PSA, Jurassic park. And, it was pretty amazing to watch how quickly through the pipeline we were able to work having all of our artists at home and writers. You know, we had, you know, Will Arnett and Ralph Fiennes do their voices for, for Lego Batman. And Ralph Fiennes calls up, he goes, Sam, um, pardon my, my bad British accent here. He's like, I'm not quite sure how I will do my voiceover because I don't have a sound recording studio. And we said, just go inside a, cl- a clothes closet where it's, you know, muffled and you can do your sound there. He's can, like, can, can you do the accent again? What's that? Can you do the accent again? Um, I'm not quite sure if I'll be able to do my accent quite properly, but I'll try. I try not to sound like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. You know, and Mary Poppins. <laughs> you, you realize the whole premise of our podcast is about live streaming, which was Joey's idea a few weeks ago. So I think we're going to eventually get there. We have to. <laughs> we have to. So, um, but it was amazing. that So he delivered the most perfect audio ever. And it was, it was great. And so... We, we delivered these things and it was fantastic. And, you know, we've been doing a, a ton of work with Lego on some other projects. We delivered Lego Hidden and we're doing, and this is again, some of the stuff with like, you know, conversations with people like William Shatner and these other opportunities about adult animation. I mean, you look at what Comedy Central is now not doing anything with, with, with live action and focusing on animation. I mean, Adult Swim, Netflix has launched like a 300 person animation studio now. I mean, this is a really interesting time as well as some of the things that we're doing in live action. Let me ask you, uh, JPR, with the COVID breakdown that we had, uh, especially in Hollywood, do you think it gave people a chance to kind of do a reset on entertainment, that chance to refresh their creative juices? And because we're coming up with stuff that I have never even thought of and I've never seen before. 100%, no question about it. That, That is so accurate because people... They, they really like they rediscovered themselves, their situations. Like you found yourself at home and you like were building a home office and, and, and recreating and reconnecting with people in a different way. You know, we started reconnecting. I remember Sarah just started doing these like these Zoom cocktail hours because we were not seeing each other. But Zoom, as much as people want to complain about it, it, it did connect. We started connecting with people, a bunch of these executives. We would do a Friday game night through using Jackbox games which led me to try to reach out to the CEO and say, give me the rights. I want to do a live game show. And, and what's Jackpot Games? Because we were talking about um, Martini Mondays and we have and Scotch Sundays with a network friend. And so I just, our, we got to get our CEO crew back. But like, I love that. Like, this, I'm just interrupt like the tech side because we're all about leaning on tech. We've all been in tech. You know, we, we built the podcast. I did this whole podcast to 
create a platform to give you a voice, inspire, motivate others. But we all have to lean on text. And my whole thing with the book that I wrote this last year was you have to lean on tech to survive and to thrive and survive to get through this. At the end of the day, we're seeing some light. If we can't lean on tech to stay connected, to get creative, to be substantial, to drive what we need to, we're not going to make it. So we all joke about Zoom fatigue, but honestly, there's no other way to stay connected and to run conferences and demos and read mm-hmm. scripts and look at spaceship plans or, you know, reset of the game on NBA. We have to use tech every day that we can always take imagine, advantage of. Can you imagine 20 years ago that this pandemic pandemic happened? Forget the shutdown. Like everything would have crumbled. I mean, there, mm-hmm. the ability that we had for kids at school for the ability to do what we've done from business. In fact, in many ways, tech has also clicked a reset on how things are doing. I, mean, I was talking to some people at Netflix as to how has this affected the pitch process? And when you think about it, let's pretend that the three of us were going to go pitch Netflix. Well, we, if, if, if our meeting was at 11 a.m., we'd say, let's meet in the lobby at 1030. So we'd leave our houses at you know, 945. We'd park. We'd get our parking ticket, meet in the lobby. We'd wait. Someone would escort us upstairs. We'd set everything up. We'd wait for the executives to come in. We'd do our pitch. We'd actually have some talk afterwards. Go get our cars. I mean, it's a three hour, three hours out of your day. Now it's like log in at 10 a.m., be prepared to do your pitch in 30 minutes, log off, you're done. It's become more efficient. And I think when you look at that from a business perspective and a creative perspective, you're you're learning now how we need to pitch. I don't I don't know if we'll ever have the in-person pitch. For a long time. I I do think we will. Cause I mean, I do think we get to a point where as human creatures, we miss that. But I think what the difference is, we will, I think we're going to become, I'll be a hybrid or I may not want to be around a bunch of assholes or a bunch of drama and stress to pitch and stress where I may opt out of going somewhere, but there's times where I'm going to be so excited to go get in front of somebody. It depends on where your comfort level is. Cause I think we could manage our stress levels by not being breathing and swirling the velocity of it at work so it's easy to be more productive i don't even think it's about that i think it's about how much efficient that they can take pitches now because they you know it seems to me that there's no rush to go back because i've talked to a lot of different studios and, and distributors that are saying we're at least till summer if not longer because this is working for us you know, we're, we're able to handle this we can we can see it share your screen you show the pitch materials you do the follow-ups in person, like when you can work the room, but then those things don't happen. So, yeah, I, I agree with you a thousand percent, JPR. But let's talk about like, is that going to better? Is that going to make us more creative and make us push out more into the live streaming? Because we are taking into the whole new world of technology, creative entertainment. We are moving into more live streaming. I posted something on Facebook. I think, Joe, that's where you commented on the live streaming because somebody posted, hey, I just paid for, no, not Peacock, Paramount on the streaming. Yeah. And I yeah. think with with all these streaming, so like I caved in and I did Disney because I had a lot of Mandalorian. So I'm an HBO Max. But I feel like more and more companies are moving that direction. Is that going to be almost like competing against yourself in the industry now because people want to stream versus physically going out into a theater or to see, or spending the money? Yeah, I mean, look, at, I cut the cord completely during this entire year and I launched and I got, I used for my basic world, I got YouTube TV, which allows me to have, my wife can have her cable networks like HGTV and MSNBC. But between Paramount Plus, because I got it when it was still CBS All Access. I did get Disney Plus. I, you know, obviously the regulars, Hulu, Amazon, and Netflix, and Peacock. Between that, I mean, I am more covered than I was ever before. Because I, I think it's been really interesting to watch what some of the streamers have done. And, and it's like when Sirius Radio came out for satellite radio, and they paid Howard Stern all that money mm-hmm. to say, Wow, that's a big thing. What are they doing? Because they had a niche content that made everybody jump over to Sirius. It, it paid off. And when you saw CBS All Access, there was no way I was not going to see Star Trek Discovery. Discovery. Yeah. I had to see that because, and it paid off. And, and Picard, so they took a niche idea. And so even the Good Wife sequel, the, the, good, the good Fight, they were really smart in how they said, let's go after our target audiences because that'll get what, how we build this up. And I, I think you could say the same thing about. Disney and, and everybody, they, 
were very focused. And, and that is what you're giving content to what people want. And there was no way I was not going to. I, at first, to be honest with you, I first signed up for CBS All Access. I, did, I was going to do the, I was going to binge watch Star Trek and then get out of my free trial. But they delivered. There was a second season waiting for me. And they announced Picard. I'm like, all right, you got me. I'm in. And, you know, that's where we're bringing them stuff, too. I'm really impressed with what they've done now, especially with the, you know, mergers and acquisitions. It's going to even go to a, a whole nother level. It's it's interesting that you bring that up with the whole thing about, you know, streaming and they're going after different niches. Same with you. I got CBS All Access when it first came out. Very pleased with it. The reason I cut the cord, though, was because I had direct TV and my bill was about 170 a month and I got nothing out of it. I don't think I had anything out of it. But with this, I, I've got my Fubo. I've got everything that I need. I got Fubo. I've got uh, Paramount. I got uh, Prime, uh, Amazon Prime. And I'm happy as heck, to be honest with you. 100%. Yeah. And I'm saving money, too. That was my main goal was like, I'll cut the cord and save money. But now it's gone past that. It's like I've cut the cord and I've gotten a whole range of entertainment that I never would have gotten with DirecTV or the Dish Network or any other cable company. And that's why I think they're on their way out. I, I, you know what? It's funny because a buddy of mine who works at one of these companies, I, I remember we were at dinner one night and he literally put out like these sugar packets and said, this is your, this is your audience. And he said, you know, this one packet represented the, you know, 60, 60 and over. He goes, they will, we will never lose them because they're never going to cut the cord, but they have their basic cable. But one day we're going to lose them. Then the next one was that, you know, 30 to 55 because they they're willing because they have the means they might do both like they don't mind paying for their direct tv but they're going to also be streamers everybody else will be the cord cutters and the cord nevers and and those are the, the cord nevers are what's going to destroy our business because what about the hybrids because well, I'm, I'm a hybrid because i i do have hbo max i do have my smart tv netflix well, and amazon you are the hybrid that will actually can do both. But, but I haven't cut my stupid expensive service because I'm funny enough. HBO Max just has crap that I don't want. I just, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I was the hybrid as well. But I said, when we, when we just said, let's give, I'll give it a try. And if I, I, I can always get a deal with Spectrum or Direct, but we cut it and never look back. Because as, as Joseph, we get everything we wanted and more and save money while we're doing it. And, and it's allowed companies like Paramount, and it's, I mean, creators, let's let's go this way. It's allowed creators to do so much more because they're not under the constraints of like a, a network of direct TV. And that's why we're getting Discovery. That's why we're getting Picard. That's why we're getting Strange New Worlds. We're getting programming that would never make error before. Yeah, think about the old, like, you know, we're talking, oh, the old days. You had four networks. You had such a weird way of how the process was. No one ever really expected, you know, when I was at, I remember I was working at, um, I helped launch FX. And when we launched FX Cable Network, it was not, it was like a little homespun channel. It was not the cool network it became. And like, we were doing like breakfast time with Tom Bergeron and a puppet. I mean, you know, we had the collectible show. We had, it, it was just a, a nice little network but it didn't have like nip tuck and and the shield and all these things that it became and you know the cool network was fox but eventually fx and all these cable networks you could have never done breaking bad on network television right and so now cable changed the whole landscape and now the streamers are taken even to another level like the fact that you you can you're, you're swearing in these these shows and not even thinking twice about it, even like the third season of you know Star Trek Discovery, that was they, mm -hmm. they, held, they didn't hold anything back. No, and a lot of a lot of f bombs for Star Trek, right. which a lot of people I can tell you from the Star Trek community were shocked. We're absolutely okay. shocked that this is going on. But you know what? This is the real world, folks. Yep. And let me ask you: with the future, what do you see the future being of this coming around? I mean. We've got streaming, you know, where do we go from there? It's a great question. And it's funny. I, I remember when I worked, when I worked at Lucasfilm, someone had been talking how, it, you know, George Lucas used to always say that from a film perspective, he always believed that the films would eventually go directly to the consumer <laughs> and that you'd have blockbuster movies that would warrant being in a, a theater. It's almost like Broadway, like, you know, the Avengers Endgame. That's like a giant big thing and would a long thing. It could be in theaters for months and, and deserve to be there. But smaller 
art house films that would go directly to us the way we're getting used to seeing them again. And so when I look at TV, one of the things we would talk about, though, is back to this niche thing is really being laser focused towards the audience and what they're looking for. Because a network can't be everything to everybody. That's kind of how cable came about when you started thinking about, you know, you had a home and garden channel. You had this mm-hmm. channel. It was almost like a magazine record. And that's kind of where I see all of this going. It's like, you know, are you, are you into working out? Are you into guns? Are you into this? It's, it's this content going directly to the consumer. But what's happening, what's really interesting, is after watching how people were able to create shows using their phone, like, like what they were doing with, like, you know, Kimmel and Fallon, what we started with, people are realizing, like this, I can produce a compelling, cool show. And I'm learning how to do it because there's so much of the tool set now that allows people to produce their own content. So it almost goes back to like local television that we used to see way back in the day could have a new comeuppance. That's what I see happening. But that's kind of like the whole UGC. I mean, you look at YouTube, TikTok, so much people, they're trying to create their own content now. We want to make money, we have jobs or two because it's something to do, but they're utilizing what they have. I think it was, I think, and actually I'm a Mac girl, so I don't, no offense to all you Samsung users out there and Android people, because we all know Macs are superior machines, but that's irrelevant. But like, I can't, like the new, the new Samsung, I think it's a Samsung commercial that I'm actually impressed with. They're showing all the, the commercials, like you could, all, the movies you can make and videos all from your Samsung is so badass compared to what's ever been. And I, mean, I don't know. They both did the same. They both, they both showing that you can do this. Look how good the, the content is. Well, I think it's about, it's a matter of, they posted something, you know, write your own story on my social today. It's like you have the tools to write your own story, to make your own path, to follow what you want to do, because there's no more technology hindrances of why you can't be who you want to be, which I think is amazing right now. But it's just there's so much going on out there. And like so and I'm just going to kind of dive back in time here a bit, JPR. I know you were at the game show. You were over at Endemob. Ben and Marie, I always, I always screw that up. Unum, Bunham, whatever. No reason yeah, anymore. Yeah. And, then, and then everything went to Pure Imagination Studios. I mean, you've stayed in the creative digital world your entire life. Have you seen, like, I mean, we've all just been same content, different handsets. Mobiles become more multimedia. I mean, are we where we are besides using AI, AR, VR, like, where is our next step? Going back to what Joey said. I keep calling you Joey now. It's okay. Hey, Joey, Joey. Joey, Joey. Joey. <laughs> it's Joey. My new, my new host is Joey. <laughs> Joey and JPR. Uh, but I feel like, like, where is this next step? Because, I mean, how far are we going to take this toward the net? Because you and I both know the music industry, we did a big survey at Billboard. Labels did not adapt to new technology. Why? Right. The music is a mess. Is the studios and television going to, because we know a lot of people who came in as head of mobile and here today, gone tomorrow, because it is an R&D. It's not a quickly build it and create revenues. And the studios, they got screw it. Let's go back to what we know, because our movie theaters and TV, but then a few years, they come back, okay, another head of mobile come in, let's try it. I mean, are we in the same pattern or are we kind of getting out of that velocity right now? You know, it's funny. It's really, it's a great question, actually. And when you think about the, sometimes it's cyclical. You'll see things evolve. You'll see technology evolve. Like, when the home video business showed up, people were like, oh my God, it's going to destroy the movie business. What's, what's the, you know, what do you mean? You're going to like let people rent movies at a store? And then, okay, DVDs, it's going to destroy the, uh, the VCR business. But we evolved. And then, of course, streaming. Like, who needs a DVD now? I mean, so we've evolved the, the distribution mechanisms because now you can get everything delivered. We've watched, you know, when I was at Pina Murray, where we sold the show, it was Daniel Tibbetts, when he was at Machinima, we sold a show and he said, hey, we have a, a distributor. I'm like, who? He's Verizon Go 90. I'm like, what? Verizon Go 90. And, you know, God bless them. They, they tried. You know why they called it Verizon Go 90? It was because you would take your phone vertically and go 90 degrees so you would look at it horizontally. It was a very interesting brand. It was just unfortunate. It just didn't work. And so we watched that happen. Then we watched very quickly with Quibi kind of came and went because yeah. at the end what of the day- What was up with Quibi? I'm sorry. Quibi was like a flash in the pan here today, gone tomorrow. Was that because of COVID? And I mean, what really is the story behind Quibi? You, you're gonna, you hear all stories, but 
to, in my own opinion, you know, Quibi also said quick bites, short yeah. form content with very high uh, production value, so to speak. But you didn't need to do that. You really, what they didn't focus on was storytelling. At the end of the day, people are looking for good, compelling content. My son, who's nine years old, does not know if you say, what do you want to watch? He goes, I want to watch a little YouTube. Like he looks for the creators on YouTube. I think, I don't really think devices matter. So whether it's a mobile platform or it's a streaming platform, all of this is going to continue to evolve. And I think what is important is really great storytelling that will find its home. And I think we will continue to watch things evolve. I think streamers right now, the studios have embraced it. They're focused on getting their content on their own platforms, and they will continue to do that. What we do at Pure Imagination is we, we build content, but we also look at technology and say, where is that going? You know, when we did a deal with Fox, like we took an, a brand Aliens, and we created a whole alien experience in VR. And it was a wireless, there's no backpack. You actually used a mobile phone that was in your goggles that would allow you to have this experience. We had, you, had a, you had a blaster, and I literally will tell you, you thought you were on another planet when you went through this. I kid you not, this was a, the coolest experience. And what made this work was it just wasn't you walking around. There was a story. It was written. You were, you were going to check out a planet where a ship had crashed, and you had to go rescue the former crew. And you get off there. You literally go into this revolving thing. And if you, as soon as you go there, you open up and there you are on the planet. You completely forget. And if you see something, you can touch it. So if you saw, like I could get motion sickness. You could see your hands. And you could see the person that you were with. But you're all wearing, you're wearing your space uniform. It, it was mind blowing. In fact, you would go in an elevator and you feel like you were going down. And then you would be in the lava. You would feel heat because we have heat lamps. I, you thought you went to three different floors, but it was all in like a small, like 30 by 30 square foot space. And we, we launched this thing and it was, it really showed me where we're going. I mean, you know, Joe, you'll understand that it's like the holodeck room, but, with, but you're wearing your goggles. Eventually storytelling, when you don't have to put all this gear on and you can just experience and have this compelling moment. I don't think anyone's broken that barrier yet, but we're working on it. I think that we, we talked to a company actually AR wall that did some great AR VR without all the gear. And I think that's where it's going. I mean, yeah. the power of storytelling is tremendous. It is now the power of the technology with the storytelling. And it's always been about storytelling to tell your story with technology, but they did an amazing job. They did right before COVID hit, they did the big thing with the M&Ms out in Vegas after CES or during CS, I don't know. And they use the whole VR AR where you could be running around dancing and you just like, wait, what is that big, huge six foot life-size M&M? But you're like, it's not really an M&M, but they used it. And so it's such an amazing thing. But they're trying, I think they're trying to utilize to make it more seamless so people are more engaged and more to with the thing. Because like those big heavy headsets, I literally was like, I think I was going to fall over a cliff and it just, it gave me a headache, but it was a few years ago. And I know it's been an Oculus and these guys have just completely gamified so much content with all this new technology. But I just, I, I, I feel like we are still a little behind. Oh yeah. I mean, sure. cause I looked at, who was our favorite, our favorite wine guy, JPR, the criminals. The yeah, wine. I, remember I was going to bring that up because you can literally use AR when you AR. I have a bottle. I have Snoop on my bottle as a prison, prisoner wine. No. Yeah. Wait. No, it wasn't prisoner, but it was based on real life prisoners. You who phone who is it? Who is it though? Who is it? I don't know. I have to go get the bottle. I have the bottle. Yeah. Okay, I gotta go. They you and you put your phone as the prison. Okay, you guys carry on. Back yes. to you, Joey. Okay. Back okay. to you. Well, real quick, I'd like to go back a little bit to the streaming thing. Do you think, JPR, that there is going to be so many different streaming companies out there? I mean, are so many different channels out there? that eventually some are going to eat their own and we're going to watch the bodies float down the river and only the strong survive. <laughs> that's really what, that's all you got from that? <laughs> we, we have started seeing some of that happen. And that's Quibi. Yeah, Quib Quibi's floating down the river, but then you also that CBS All Access now becoming Paramount Plus. You know, that's a really good example where they could have gone their separate ways. I mean, you could have been a Nickelodeon streamer. You, could, you know what I mean? They could, but the, what they did was that let's create a whole major thing, which is, going to compete pretty big with, with Disney. So, I mean, you're going to have those big 900 pound gorillas. And I would say right now you've got obviously 
Amazon, Netflix, mm-hmm. I'd say Paramount Plus, Disney, Hulu's still in there. But I think Hulu and Disney, there's an interesting, you know, dynamic between between that. And, you know, Peacock, well, where does that go? I mean, with, with, with you know, NBC Universal, I mean, I think there's more that can happen there. So I think it's almost like it's going to be studio-centric in some ways. You know, really? I think I, it, it would make sense in some ways if you see it continue to build. You're, I mean, you're getting glimpses of that. Disney Plus, Paramount yeah. Plus. What, what happens with Peacock? I mean, again, if they start to embrace Universal and that whole conglomerate, I mean, yeah. Amazon is really interesting to me because Amazon has done it in such an interesting way, having the ability to be able to say you're watching something and buy. They've really built a machine. And I wonder sometimes where Amazon fits into all of this. But when you look at their originals that they're doing, they're becoming their own studio. They are their own studio. I mean, they're taking their, I wonder where they become another decade down the line. When you think of what they once were. Well, yeah, so- but, but, but look at where they are now. Like, like I, I still feel Amazon was doing really well till COVID. Netflix did all their own movies. Amazon has kind of, kind of flatlined on Amazon Prime on the movies and they don't have anything new coming out. But, yeah, but- Oscar nominations this year. I mean, they've got, they're, they're still, they're still, I mean, the boy, did you watch the boys? Yeah. No, actually I did. I just think Netflix is a little bit better on their, their outboard marketing and creativity. But then again, Amazon's shooting a rocket ship in space in May. Yeah, look at it. So you know what? Who knows what we're going to be? They do whatever they want to do. And that's what's really interesting. Uh, but it's but they don't carry 19 crimes, the wine bottles. There 19 <laughs> crimes. You get the bottle, flash your mobile, pure, like seriously the most beautiful AR, and the whole story comes to life. Like oh, that's the stuff that I think is cool. Okay, if, okay, before we'll go back from streamer to this, but I will say something you just said about crime. I almost said, there's an AR app that is so creepy cool called Crime Door. And Crime Door allows you to take your phone, and once you've downloaded it, you can literally walk using your phone. It creates an AR app in which you are in your own house, but it opens a door and you go through the door and you can witness crime scenes. Ew, that's creepy. It's completely creepy. It is going like gangbusters because it's a niche audience that's interested in this. I didn't know how it worked. I was going to have a meeting to talk to these guys. I, I literally downloaded it. I got my free crime thing. I could look through. I went through the door and through my phone, I was no longer in my house. I was in the crime scene and it was freaky. My, my wife was, she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like it was really, really wild. And you start to think about that was on my phone, but put, what if I had glasses I could put on? And now I'm not looking at it through a phone, but I'm really immersed in that. We're really, you know, it's, we, we have two things we're talking about. We're talking about streaming, like how we look at content and then how we're going to experience content. Yeah, but, but it's all immersive though. Mine could be a really interesting element. Yeah, but, but streaming, I mean, it's all becoming such an, I mean, the whole idea is to give people an immersive experience because the only way people can be loyal to the brands is if they have a connection to the brand brand loyalty is sharing the backstory so in order to tell your story i don't know i keep going back to wine maybe we need cocktails it's that immersive experience is what's going to keep you so connected to that brand or to that show or to that movie or whatever you have to give people a more immersive experience and i think live streaming is kind of giving people an immersive experience. Because remember years ago, when we'd be watching a movie, we could be on our phone, text to screen. Remember, they tried to do that horribly. And now it's just evolved into a much smoother, you know, but the interaction, you could be able to interact and vote and all that. So I feel like that's a little archaic. I think when you think about it, though, a good brand allows you to engage in multiple ways. Like what we call, as we've always called, cross-platform entertainment. Yeah. You can take something like a Star Trek. And you can sit back and sometimes you just want to sit there and you want to watch the show and get lost in the storytelling. Like, I'm not going to look at my phone during that. I'm going to watch this because I'm engaged. Then you want to look and go into the backstory. You want to look at, you know, you're going to go online. You might go play a Star Trek game. I remember being in Vegas and going to the Star Trek show. I went to the the 4D experience where the board tried to assimilate me. Like, they took a brand and offered you multiple ways to engage with that whether it's watching a TV or a movie or playing a game or going through these experiences. And I think that's what entertainment is when you have brands like that. So it's really about brand building in some ways that are really important. Take, finding that franchise you can do multiple things with. 
Let me ask you with the JPR with that. I want to go back to that whole thing with the true crime thing, because my wife would really love to see that. I know that right now. I mean, she's into that murder crime stuff. I mean, Dateline every night, you know, we got that stuff. But uh, it's a live podcast. We want to announce that you're into crime. I'm kidding. (laughs) My wife is not me. I'm all right. Was that one something that you would watch on with a headset and your phone on there or just hold your phone up? Just curious. So right now, you, you, right now, you hold your phone up, and it, it gives you a whole warning. And you literally like will look at what the, the different crime scenes are, uh-huh. and like you've got the alphabet murders with Wanda Walkowitz. And you sit there; it gives you the map. You go into the AR door, and then they give you some free ones. And the minute you walk through the door, I'll tell you, it's it can be a little messy. It, okay, it's, you, you'll see the body, and you look around, and you look at you. They explain where the clues were and what they found, and how they. You see the whole scene. It's yeah. like being able, giving the ability, they've given you a pass to do that. But I, I asked the guy, I said, so how did you know like this would be a hit? He's like, look at all the crime shows people watch. And, and so, so I, I think it's really interesting about finding what people like to engage with. That's another part of entertainment. So, yeah, but, but the horror genre is very, very big. And I've had a few horror genre clients, but I got, I mean, I would never watch their films that were too gory, but that's such a huge market right now. So if you could take that, it's kind of like taking this crime scenes, Joey, or like, you know, Halloween, Freddy Krueger, and you're in the, you're immersed in that. People love that shit. It's crazy. But like, let me ask you a question. What, what do you think, JP, in your mind, where is the biggest genre right now for live streaming? And is, is it space? Is it is it or is it detective romance? I mean, where are the big trends in live streaming right now and storylines? I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I think what's happening is like, I think people are liking stories of heroes' journeys. People's about like, look at Queen's Gambit. <gasps> Loved like, it. I mean, who would have thunk a show about someone that's playing chess? But the way it was written and the way it was about the characters and the surrounding characters that she was involved with, it, it could have been about poker or darts. It wouldn't have mattered. It was great story. It was the emotional right. storyline underneath where the topic was. That was right. so engaging. The crown, when you so you're seeing these stories about the crown and what was the other one on Netflix about the British, uh, it's you're you're finding that these these stories about people and mm-hmm. and what you can do the difference between that and a movie in so many ways is you're going to understand the character. So you have like, they're, they're kind of like, they're mini series. They're limited series, I think are really hot right now. I mean, or, or short run, like, you know, how many scenes, uh, I think there's four, five seasons of The Crown. Yeah. But I, I think right now I've seen a lot of, a lot of shows about heroes' journeys or people about like life about themselves and things like that. You know, but sci-fi is big too. I mean, right now we're in a really interesting time of storytelling because there's so much, there's so many ways of going out there. You know, we, we literally, what I like to do sometimes is I, I will go and meet with different studios and say, what are you looking for? And it's a really wide net right now. And I will say because of COVID, I hate to bring it up again, but this last year, though, has been because of production, you know, adult animation is on fire. With what we started talking about in the beginning of this, of this podcast is because the ability to work at it out of home has really limited and people not worried about getting COVID. I mean, so adult animation right now is on a high trend. So that, that I'm, I'm seeing that big time. And then again, more of the low budget type things that you're seeing people doing with these like, you know, reality programs. In fact, you mentioned, you know, Merle earlier in the real world, they just did on Paramount Plus, the real world reunion from the very first season in the midst of COVID. I mean, it was really, you watching it? No, I have not seen it. Insanely well done. Really? John Murray flew to New York in the midst of all this. He had to sequester himself in a hotel room to to, to, do the quarantine. And then they, they shot the production while they were there and they just launched it on Paramount Plus. It was really well done. I have a, I have a pitch. So if we're talking about pitches and oh, this whole thing, I have a pitch. Would it be kind of cool if we did a reality weird twisted one like on Zoom? Like people couldn't like they had a few of these series. I think Blackish Kardashians, a few different of these guys years ago shot ER, did it. And the family one with the big one. I forgot the name of it with Sophia Vera and those guys. And they shot the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 the whole thing was on their cell phones. Like they were on their cell phones shooting the whole thing from cell phone to cell phone in a whole storyline. And it was such a huge hit for technology. I want to do something similar, but with the podcast and everything. So we could do a whole, I mean, not saying it's going to be a crime scene or anything. Unless well, somebody makes me mad. 
Well, you just triggered something in me. Memory was like, oh, it's also this was the year of a lot of reunion shows. Mm-hmm. Like you saw the um, Josh, what was his name? He did United Apart or something like that. And they did like Back to the Future. They did Ferris Bueller. They did Ghostbusters. And they got the whole cast on Zoom. They did uh, the whole Karate Kid. Cobra Kai was a great show, by the way, too. Speaking of taking old brands and bringing them back. But can't we shoot something new and utilize technology, write the script, tell the story, get in their lives. We're not having to follow people around with cameras. In reality, there's so much shit. When people are at home, comfortable is when their guard goes down. And we should do our own Zoom reality and create into some. So... And it's not kind of it's going to go dark and twisted very quickly, FYI. But there was a, some of these horror movies where they're all on Zoom watching stuff on the dark web and somebody sees them and they're talking, but then real life shit happens that's really bad to them. And it's all through the Zooms. And they don't know if it's just a Zoom like a ARV thing, but it's actual real life. It was kind of a gory movie. But And I'm not saying we have to get dark and twisted, JPR. But wouldn't it be cool if we created a new storyline, a new thing, and use Zoom? And then we could totally do our own little... Okay, you're hired. Well, I'll have my people contact <laughs> yours. We'll get a development deal done, and I have, I have to negotiate for me and my co-host because Joey oh, yeah. and I want to yeah. be in the in the and everything. But I think it'd be kind of cool because I feel like we need to do something fun and super cool and out of the box yeah, using listen, what we do every day. Other things have been hot right now too. Look, game shows. I mean, look at what people have been doing where they can do mm-hmm. things that, that, that were still entertaining and they can still engage people without having to do it. I, I will say this. This is, we're going through there a, a new renaissance. And, and I think you're the next few years from the long tail of all this, it's going to be really interesting to see where we end up as a result of everything that happened this past year. And I think, you know, you're going to still see some big budget stuff come out because they've been just sitting there waiting to be there on the shelf. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Mission Impossible. You know, Wait, they, but that, that was shot though. That was, I mean, I mean all of these things, that was still being shot during COVID. Yeah. So that so that release date is yeah. going to be probably fall spring when we're back in movie theaters again. Anyways, yeah. it's everything else. I don't know how they're going to handle this, to be honest with you, because we know theaters are open, but I want to know where all of the so if I wanted to go see something, it's 20 bucks on Netflix. You can live stream it for 20 bucks. So it's not in the theaters. Right? I think I think we are forever going to be watching. Just the, the release of movies hand in hand with the digital release as well. I think that's been shown that it can be lucrative. It can still, it, it was funny. People were like, wait, I got Disney Plus, but I have to spend an extra 20 bucks to watch this movie. Well, yeah, you'd spend 50 bucks to get to the movie theater and you still have a big screen TV. It's not like it's going to be included in the package. I mean, look what tro- Trolls broke records. I loved it. I saw it. We did a great job. And so I, I really think that, you know, from a business perspective, let's take away the creative for a second. I think from a business perspective, you know, Hollywood's going to continue to make money and do great things. And, and I think we're looking at ways of, you know, not recreating the wheel, but just evolving the wheel. Right. And, I, and I think that that's where we're at. I mean, we, and we're, it's what we've always done. Yeah. Where is the next live streaming coming from? Like, it, we, I know you guys mentioned all of this. I think everybody's pretty much put their foot in the water. Is there anybody we're missing that we're, that we're looking at or that you guys want? Like who, who, Joey, who are you missing that you wish came out their own live streaming platform? Oh boy, that's a good question. Well, let's Hockey. see, Plus. And it could be anything, sports, entertainment, cooking. What are we missing? What do you guys want? Cause I'll go get it for you. Just let me know. <laughs> a live bar. How about like live bar scene? You can just show up anytime you want. 19 crimes, already done. So. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> JPR's right. Something like that. Something where it's got to be something with a social element to it. Like Law and Order? Well, like, by the way, let's talk about for a second what came out of the result of uh, TikTok and all this other stuff is Clubhouse. Like, like Clubhouse to me is circa 1970s with TV radio. I mean, it's like, Breaker or not, who's on? Who's on? I mean, I, I mean, like, I used to have a ton of conversations with people I didn't know and the CB radio in my room. Clubhouse isn't much different, right? <laughs> You and Joe, you and Joe are going to have those little, yeah, little right, breakers on. Like, we're going to have a bromance here. On, so we're going to watch Star Trek and talk about the CB radio. <laughs> oh, yeah. And real quick, just some thoughts that I was collecting along the way. You talk about great storytelling. Apple TV, I think, is doing very good with For All Mankind. 
Oh, I yeah. think that is an awesome show. And one that kind of snuck out of the middle of nowhere that nobody knew was Ted Lasso, yeah. a character out of a commercial. And the story in that is unbelievable as well. Brilliant. And, you know, Golden Globe winner. And it, he, he's brilliant in it. It's fantastic. Glad you brought that up because it's like that, that to me was another thing for, I mean, it was interesting because they had the Corral, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston show, the news, the news one, which was good. But Ted Lasso for Funny me news, was yeah. fantastic. Great, yeah. great writing, great acting, everything about it. Oh, yeah. And it's terrific. And now to go to the movies thing. I really think that MGM screwed up big time by not releasing the latest James Bond movie, No Time to Kill or No Time to Die. I'm sorry. No Time to Die. They've been holding it and holding it and holding it. And I think the the franchise right now is in deep trouble because you have so many other things out there like like the Jason Bourne movies, the Mission Impossible. I think they're in, in a way maybe killing the James Bond movies by not releasing it on digital. The problem is, I think everybody's been holding back because nobody thought a year ago, I think we're almost on the anniversary by one day that we were going to be here. I thought a few weeks, a few months, time goes on. Next thing you know, it's June, it's August, it's December. We're back in a new year. Now that we're kind of seeing some light, everybody's going to start trying to make the money, push the movies out. But now the competition to release some of these new stuff, you have competition across all the streamings, all the Mm -hmm. platforms. You have the movie theaters, but if I'm not in the movies, I'm going to be home. I mean, you got to think about like for this, this bond thing, Joe, is that how much competition, because they waited so long, they're going to have so much competition. Then exactly. there's new stuff. You, you, I just feel like it's going to be one big free for all because there's no exactly. good way. It's like the same thing with startups, which JP, you know this with our clients. The longer you hide in the closet, it's not a matter of if, it's just, it's when your competition is going to come out and take mm-hmm. leadership. And I get mad at a lot of the startups because they just, oh, we don't want our competition knowing we want to keep it in. There's no good time to release it. Get up, go put a stake in the ground because the longer you wait, the less market share you're going to get and the harder it's going to be to catch up. It's the same thing with where we're at with anything released, technology, entertainment. We have so much competition. You could be, okay, I'm going to do it in a month over the summer. You've got 20 billion other people doing the same thing. I think it's so hard to capture the market right now. And, and sometimes you're going to walk backwards too and look at it like, you know, entertainment as a slice of pie. I mean, because you've got movies, television. Let's not forget about the gaming industry. I mean, you know, the amount of time now with, with the technology too, which allows you to do multiplayer gaming. Let's take Fortnite, which my I think my son would give him a choice to watch a movie or TV or play Fortnite. He's going to pick Fortnite any mm-hmm. day of the week. That's his slice of the screen time that he gets. Yeah, but esports has blown up during COVID because they were stuck at home. And then you start to say, okay, brands count. And you have to think about how, you, how you're going to take this. I was on a panel once with um, Bertrand Van Munster, who did Amazing Race. Great guy, really smart, very creative. And he was saying this whole thing, like, content is king. And I was like, and, and I'm so sick of hearing that phrase. I said, you know what? We always say content is king, but we always forget about the queen. He goes, who's the queen? I go, distribution. Because you can have the best content that you want, but if you don't have the right distributor, it won't matter. Take the show I did with Daniel Tibbetts that went on Go90. Nobody saw it because nobody had Go90. So great content, but a bad distributor, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. And then, of course, the subjects of your kingdom is the audience. So you have to figure out how great content is on the right platform going to the right audience. If you don't have that algorithm down, no one's going to care. No one's going to see your content. You know who, you know who nailed it? TV shows. Game of Thrones nailed it. Content, distribution, audience, where people, they had some bad hate mail because people were pissed off. They were so immersed in it. But it's kind of like, I apply the same process to like, you know, because we are a podcast about tech and entertainment. You know, you have the content, you have the distribution. You, you, it's like the same thing with CEOs for everybody. You're in the tech, you're in a startup mode. You could have a really, really, really great company, but you have a really bad leadership. The VCs are wasting money. If they, it's like what Mark Cuban does is aqua funding. I want to invest in you as a great leader because you can't find great leaders. You know what? You have your shit together. Money could buy more R&D and product. We could get the distribution, but it's all about leadership. And I think right. that's why people are a little twisted with this guy 
on content is king because you, without leadership, you have no country to rule. You have nobody to talk to. So I think it's a matter of telling the story and changing the narrative of how you need to get that out. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, when you look back, I mean, again, just another a decade ago, you you'd have a TV show or a movie, and then you'd figure out your marketing strategy because, you know, you got to figure out how to get to the eyeballs. Now, people, when you go to Netflix, they do their own marketing right there because they already have their engaged audience. So the, the whole world of marketing and, and all this has changed as well as to how to get your brand out there. But, you know, I thought Paramount Plus did a great job using the Super Bowl to build out the whole Paramount Plus awareness. That was something that they, they had to do. I mean, that they, it's now more about marketing the streamer than marketing the shows. Because once you have the audience, you can then engage them while you have them there. I mean, they, they do a pretty good job with that. But it's still, I mean, it's a really crowded marketplace. And you have this much content, you have more content than you have audience. And it's really trying to find out how to get those eyeballs and get them engaged so that when you have them, you can get them to sample other stuff. I think, I think both Amazon and Netflix do a pretty good job at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we need JPR part two. To Joey and JPR, Media Maven Podcast 2.0, because we are running out of time. And I feel like we could be chatting on a whole other show about everything. I will love to do this again. Yeah. I, I think we need a. I think we need a. I think we need to do a tech geek series in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. So you guys, you guys just geek out and tech out and see what's working and what's not working. But JPR, thank you so much for um, hopping on the call with us and joining our show today. Thank you. This was awesome. Great job. It's, it's always so much fun, Joey. It's always good to have you in my afternoons. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's your afternoon. It's uh, <laughs> it's your world. I'm just living in it right now. You're just steering the show. <laughs> oh, guys, this is so excited. You guys are both on. Thank you so much. This is Sarah Miller, Media Mavens Podcast. We look forward to seeing everybody next Wednesday. Joey, have a good day. JPR, we'll have you back soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens Podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, Subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider or on the Evergreen Podcast Network. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, log on to www.mediamavenspodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.